Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner Evan Preparis. I don't have Brennan with me, but I am recording in a gym live with my guest sitting right next to me. Before we get to her, though, quick shout out to our sponsors. So this episode is brought to you by Yoked. If you're interested in improving strength, you can check out uh, yoked.com. What it is, it is fertilized egg yolk that has been pasteurized and processed so it's safe to eat, and they turn it into a powder, and you can sprinkle it on your food, or you can basically consume the packet as is. Pretty interesting stuff. I just found it earlier this year, and they actually just released it onto the market earlier this year. So go check them out. They had some clinical studies that showed basically three times the muscle growth, which was kind of cool. And um, yeah, pretty good product. Uh, You can use code STRENGTH15 for 15% off when ordering from their website. They also recently announced they'll be selling them from vitamin shops uh, nationwide at the end of December 2018. So check those out. All right, joining me, I'm going to try to say your name without messing it up. I have Eileen Dumay. Yes. Yes. All right. Joining me. So she, a couple of highlights from her bio, um, came in second in the Killington Ultra Beast back in 2014, has a string of OCR podiums, really have heavily emphasized the ultra endurance side of both trail running, running, and then OCR. So I didn't actually recognize her name when I initially talked to her, but after talking to her for a little bit, I was like, she's got a lot of very impressive results, including finishing the 888K Infinitus uh, up in Vermont. Is that right? So, which some of you may know, I think Peak Races was the one put it on? Um, nope. It's the Endurance Society. Okay. Endurance Society. I'm sorry. That's correct. Sorry. All right. So anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Cool. So... Let's start off with how did you find OCR? I know you're you came from a background of running, so how did you what pulled you into the sport initially? Yes, yeah, so well, I first end up into running, not necessarily I was attracted by the sport, but more the the adventure side of being in the wood. Uh, that's what got me into running. <laughs> and uh, as I was uh, ramping up the distances, I may get I got uh, higher too soon so I tore uh, a muscle and so I couldn't plan anything long for the next season and I wanted to test my muscle back again my legs back again and I saw in the race calendar something saying 5k obstacle course I didn't know what was what it was and I signed up for that I showed up it was a sprint Spartan race in 2013 uh, in uh, Quebec Canada and I finished on the podium, so that was a good start. I'm like, oh, this is great. The add, the, the, an added dimension of trail running, which were, was the obstacles. And so I went crazy right after I did a super Spartan. And then I totally went straight to Killington uh, for the um, World Championship in 2013. I think I was top 50. I didn't care, I had a blast. But the next year, 2014, I just went crazy. I dream, I dream big, and so I ended up doing 26 races, 
um, in Canada, United States, France, and in there I ended up on 18 podiums. So that was the that was fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot and a very impressive. Not only to do so well, but to race that much and be that consistent because you know as you fill up your race schedule, it wears down on you. And doing you know back-to-back races on two days or back-to-back weekends even can really start affecting your performance and you're not operating at 100%. You're operating at 80, 90 maybe and still doing well. No, definitely. That was actually a, a year of discovery. You know, what, how far can we push the body? I didn't plan that much races from the start. Maybe I had, who knows, 12 <laughs> plan, but then, oh, let's, I like this one. Maybe I can go this one. And uh, that's for sure. So I had a blast. But uh, here's the here's the tip the <laughs> from the experience is at the end of the season, as much as I thought, oh, I'm going to keep going the next year. But I almost burned myself doing too much. Uh, I, I cut myself going to the gym and like not motivated and almost crying. I'm like, what's wrong with me? OK, maybe I pushed too hard. So I was borderline overtrained. <laughs> gotcha. Now, since 2014, how many OCRs have you done? Or have you transitioned completely into the trail running, ultra running scene? Well, right after I transitioned in, it's close to OCR. It doesn't really have a a category. Uh, It's on its own. It's the survivor run. This is what I found. So it's a 24-hour format because I really like the long-distance thing. So uh, we can look at it as an obstacle course event but it has its own unique flavor so it's a 50 mile long course in uh, always like a, a pristine location in this case it's in Nicaragua on an island with two volcanoes and so the big thing is that you don't know what the course is going to be you don't know what the task and challenges you will be facing and they are legit legit challenges um, you can swim to an island climb trees carry heavy stuff but for way longer than Killington Mountain for example I climb over a volcano and I had to carry bamboo uh, plantains 30 pounds 30 pounds of plantains over a huge volcano it was eight hour carry basically meanwhile you're going up and down meanwhile you're doing other tasks and another year remember carrying a bamboo which is really light a bamboo but a 15 feet long pole of bamboo and some gnarly trail in a muddy volcano in the night i i laugh as much as was this is insane how am i gonna get that <laughs> long piece of bamboo all the way up and over across this volcano that was awesome <laughs> yeah that sounds like a really interesting event uh, we've talked to some people, I don't think we've had anyone on the podcast who's done Survival Run before. We've had some people who've done Death Race, which I think is somewhat similar as in there's no kind of fixed format and they're kind of telling you what to do and then you're reacting. Does the Survivor Run have land navigation or is it generally like, hey, move along this trail until you find the end? Or is it like, I have my map and compass out, i got to figure out where to go? Yeah, so there's no map and compass, invo- and compass involved. Uh, you following indication that the staff will give you. Sometimes maybe a few sections can be uh, marked, let's say on the volcanoes where they're not gonna have people up there. Uh, but sometimes, all right, just follow the, the, the shore of the lake and you know 
you'll get somewhere and you'll have something else to do. So yeah, it's, it's the same as you constantly face unknown. So you gotta be ready for anything and everything and you're self-supported. So food, water, you're on your own. Gotcha. Yeah, sounds like a pretty interesting event. What are some of the other, you know, obstacles or th- things you had to do in that survival run? So every survival run, the the task or the obstacles are inspired by local life over there. So in Nicaragua, they climb trees, uh, they swim. Uh, what do I have to do? Car- again, carry, but so heavy, long carry. Dive in the lake and like fish or you know go retrieve something uh, deep in there. It mimics so that the fishermen they have to set up their their fishing net at the bottom of the the lake. So that's how they do it. They just dive. <laughs> they have no uh, techie gear to do that. Uh, you're always, always carrying something. And awkward, heavy, so a long bamboo. <laughs> um, bucket of water, huge for hours again in gnarly trails in the dark. I had to carry a live chicken at some point. That's the, uh, one, I, that's the one I've heard about. <laughs> Whenever I, he- I hear uh, Survivor Run, I think of carrying a live chicken. Yeah, you think you're done, you know, you just carried a heavy rock somewhere and then you you give you give it to them and then they give you a live chicken like what? But uh, actually so the co- the the race they buy all these chicken to uh, to offer to the schools over there. So we're actually contributing to the island whenever we we do this event, which is kind of cool. So yeah, I had to carry chicken throughout the night all across the island. That was awful. <laughs> It sounds like a pretty cool event. Not my cup of tea, but I think it is. For those of you who are looking for sort of like a different type of adventure, but still in that endurance realm, um, but don't necessarily know how to do land navigation because that requires a whole new set of skills. Like I meet people all the time who are like, oh, I'd really love to do Barclays Marathon. It's like, well, do you know how to like land navigate? And like, I, I don't. It's like you have a steep learning curve ahead of you if you want to try to finish that race or other races like that, like adventure racing, which requires land navigation, requires knowing how to use a map and compass. So now you've also done the Infinitus 888K and which, how many miles is that? What are we, 500? 551 miles. 551 miles. Now I know you didn't get on your first year. Um, Took you three years, which is one, the fact that you'd go back repeatedly is impressive because it's like that mental fortitude and uh, grit to subject yourself to something like that and then having to, you know, try to do it again and again. So, you know, kind of take us through those three years and what went wrong and kind of what lessons you learned that ultimately applied to your success. Yeah, so most of my uh, event, I choose my event out of just, you know, attracted by it because it looks amazing, like the Survivor Run, you know, the the place is just uh, so beautiful. Now, the Infinitus, the fact that I finished the Survivor on Nicaragua, I became the first woman to do that uh, two years ago, three years ago. And so more and more people would just send me, hey, have you seen this race? No woman have de- has ever done it before. <laughs> so that's how I ended up on Infinitus. This guy who was at the Survivor Run Nicaragua, he's like, check this out. And then it's 888 kilometer, kilometer. And I'm like, this is insane. No way. He's like, and these are loops. I'm like, loops, get out of here. <laughs> and so he said, you have 10 days to complete it, but you could be the first woman, you know, you get that mental toughness. So I hang up and I just, for fun, I'm like, no, but for fun, I start calculating how many miles per day, 
okay food uh, do i run through the night How, like yeah. and i just start for fun but like hey i'm working on it for the, the past two hours so maybe <laughs> okay do something about it so it was not necessarily like a dream i wanted to do but more man that's a that's quite a puzzle that i want to solve so i show up the first year in 2016 without a plan really because i was used to do just self-supported event but over there you end up you, you do need a crew you're there for 10 days not sleeping much so at some point you need someone that just thing for you uh, basically just eat this go back go back out so first year i got to 420 miles eight days i crashed for a few reasons um my nutrition was kind of messed up uh i was like yeah in uh, caloric deficit deficiency mm -hmm. uh, i was like shivering it was 70 80 outside yeah. <laughs> so That's like okay something's wrong with you uh i pushed a bit too hard i mean it was discovery year let's say second year i thought i had a plan <laughs> now you know um building on what not to do from the first year still new problems uh occur so damn i was kind of annoyed by that i got to 10 days you know i i kept running for 10 days but i got to 460 miles and so on my way driving back home i thought I, i'm i'm thinking I'm not gonna go there a third time. This is insane. And yet, there must be a way. Every year, there's one guy that finishes, so it's doable. Now, okay, the guy, of course, he has a faster pace than me. But so, if I make a plan that I've just no margin for errors, it's doable. So I work hard. I made a master plan. I have a like a um, a binder with all my Excel sheets day five at 5 45 where i'm at what am i eating everything is all calculated and i had uh, i found a badass crew uh, a woman from quebec she's an ocr um, uh, runner uh, caroline laforet <laughs> she's like yeah, for people from quebec they know her yeah um she follows by the way everything online so i'm sure she she's gonna listen to that podcast for sure and so she got injured in one of her uh, race on a, she, she tear muscles and she said, I can't, I can't train for any races for the next season. I need something. Helen, I'm going to crew you. I've been following that thing for two years. I'm going to be there with you. So she showed up. I mean, we, again, we made a master plan, her and I, because of course you need a crew. So I can't say I did it on my own, right? She was on it um, and we, we pulled it out this year. So big accomplishment. Uh, pretty proud of that. And wh what month was this in? In May, May 2018. Yeah, and I saw, I came by, so we're actually re recording right now at Otherworld OCR in Frederick, Maryland, which we'll talk about a little more in a minute, but I came by in August, and I, I remember Tim being like, yeah, she finished a 540-mile race, and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? Wait, wait, like, can you repeat that again? Because I think I heard the number wrong. Um... But yeah, I think you were still kind of tapering off of it or just kind of slowly kind of yeah, recovering, slowly recovering, which was several months later. So, yeah, I mean, funny enough, so those three years of doing that race every like April, May, June, July, I kind of just <laughs> reserve for that because either I'm prepping for or I'm I'm recovering from. <laughs> yeah, very impressive. Um, 
So I find that when I start doing like really long endurance stuff, like once you exceed, you know, maybe five hours, I get almost embarrassed to tell people what I'm doing because they think you're like operating in a different world and it's almost easier just not to talk about. Yeah. Like, and with at 888K, like even as an endurance athlete, I hear that number and I'm like, like trying to do math in my head again, like how many days it's going to take you to finish and blah, blah, blah. Uh, do you kind of have that same feeling? Oh, yeah. So I don't even, yeah, I, I'm being very humble. People, yeah, what do you, you know? Oh, yeah, I do long distance. That's all. Right. You know, really long distance, but that's it. I don't go anywhere else. So yeah. they're thinking marathon, you know, sometimes. Yeah, sure. Um, up until they maybe ask and they, again, it takes a while to process and I tell people that's okay. You, <laughs> you don't have to understand, like... Uh, you know it's not better <laughs> I keep saying it like I'm not healthier or yeah. whatever maybe even worse you know it takes a toll on you all the, the sleep deprivation you you get out of there still that day uh, this year my plan was really good so I had four hour uh, sleep per 24 hour okay. which is good <laughs> and then how much did you actually do per day did you account for like degradation in performance or was it no that was even so, you know, the third year, I realized I need something to just be constant and follow that. So I was conservative. I made a plan. You had 240 hours, 10 days to finish it. I finished it in 238. That was just like, just make it. So yeah. don't mess up. Don't go too fast. Don't go crazy. But then there's no place for error. So I was averaging, well, two marathon a day uh, in trails. So about 17 hours of running and then uh, through that some pause change change yeah. socks and everything and get that four-hour nap gotcha <laughs> now how often did you change clothes or let's actually let's go to the trail like was it very technical terrain or fairly well groomed a lot of elevation gain what are we talking here uh, it was uh, nice, varied, uh, so a little bit of everything. So not just flat, not just super gnarly, but a little bit of everything, uh, which was great. Sometimes rolling, sometimes rocky, going across uh, some creeks. Sometimes <laughs> when it rained, like, okay, <laughs> you got water uh, yeah, up to I mean, your at thighs. Ten, <laughs> at 10 days, the weather is going to change drastically. Like, it could be, like, 70 one day and, like, oh yeah, 45 the next day. Yeah, well, throughout the, the three years... This year was pretty much the, m the most constant, which was good for that. But we had a nasty rain. And also one night it just uh, windy, like, like, like you couldn't believe it. All the tents were like off, out. Uh, last year was like a crazy storm as well. Everybody wouldn't, didn't want to go out. And I was on the long loop, so meaning cannot just stop there I got to keep pushing and get to the base camp so my pacer was a bit scared <laughs> at that time <laughs> I think it was like one of his few experience at night and plus we're just fighting against the uh, element out there yeah. I was like a tiny bit scared at to a moment like just keep moving because if something happened this is cold wet windy it's actually dangerous like don't stop just get out of there quick gotcha yeah that's uh Again, very impressive, and you're reaching distances that are pretty unfathomable. Like, they're, that's a painful distance to drive, yeah. uh, let alone move by foot. So I'm sure people want to know, like, what shoes you wore or any kind of specific gear things that were, quote-unquote, vital to your uh, 
performance? Yeah, so I'm not the typical one, meaning I'm, I'm minimalist in my approach. And so I had New, Berlin, New Balance minimalist shoes uh, for that. They're kind of slippers, soft. And so this is what I ran into, <laughs> basically, uh, as well as some lunar sandals. Sometimes I just want my toe to really breathe out. So I would do like a lap or two uh, with my lunar sandals. And uh, the rest of my gear was uh, Osprey Pack. Uh, that's pretty much it. How far is each lap? So the course is designed as an infinity sign, right? Oh. And in the middle of that eight, <laughs> it's the base camp. So my crew is there. So you start with the smaller loop, which is about seven mile. And then you go for the bigger loop, the rest of it. So, you know, more or less big numbers, but just on two hour for the small loop and six hour for the big loop. Of course, if it's just one marathon, I can kill that first loop uh, like under an, uh, you know, <laughs> an yeah. hour, but that was not the point. You just gotta be consistent in the pace, don't go crazy. So you can make it all the way for the 10 days. Cool. Well, in 2016, Stephanie Bishop, who's known for adventure racing and specifically expedition length adventure racing so we're talking multiple days which is not unlike what you're doing came in to world's toughest mudder as a complete dark horse and wins right so can we expect to see you showing up to i don't know toughest mudder world's toughest mudder or something like that in the near future this year next year this is a question i get often every year are you gonna do world's toughest mudder are you gonna do world's toughest mudder um funny enough it just happened that every year it's at the end of the season. Maybe I was just broke. <laughs> okay, I can't make it. And I, by focusing on just self-supported ultra running, uh, like to me, of course, I'm competitive. So if I want to show up there, I want to make sure I'm trained enough for the obstacles. So now that I, I'm managing a, an obstacle course gym and I'm coaching here, so I get to be able to train a lot more. Uh, about it so slowly I'll pick up uh, the pace or the strength that I want to and I'll probably hit those 24-hour OCR races for sure cool any other big plans for 2019 not going to try to repeat the 888k or anything like that or (laughs) run the Appalachian Trail anything crazy no I mean there are so many things uh, that we can do um I'm honestly, so I'm just surfing since the Infinitus 88, uh, 888, and um, now have like just picking back up some speed, some endurance, some strength at all different uh, level. And so I'm going to go do a, um, so in the Grand Canyon, just a challenge. Have you heard of the rim to rim to rim? Of course, yeah. So I'll do a rim to rim to rim to rim to rim. <laughs> so that's... 100 miler. Yeah, okay. So basically. Four, com- four complete lengths or crossings of the Grand yes, Canyon. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> the name should give it away, but rim you, yes. rim to rim. So you go from, you know, top down to the bottom, back to the top. That's one rim. Exactly. And then, yep. so four times, four times that. Yep. So this is going to be just a fun training, actually. It's a client who's, who's uh, training for the 250 miler uh, Infinitus. So it's the half distance. 
And half distance is two fifty. Right. Yeah, no big deal. And so I told him. One day to the fall. Yeah, it's only two fifty. I said, find a hundred miler around February, and if you don't find anything, we'll we'll put something together to make you just train for it. So this is perfect. So we'll do the rim to rim to rim, crash for four hours, and then rim to rim to rim again, just to mimic the the logistic of it. So I'm gonna go there for fun. Uh, I'll have a 50k just uh, in my neighborhood. Um, I'll have a uh, 14 hour, it's called the vertical playground. Again, it's right here in Catoctin uh, trails. And um, you have to hit as much elevation gain in 14 hours in that case. And there are some rules. You cannot go, you know, let's say I was thinking, oh, this hill is pretty long. I'm just going to do back and forth. But you cannot go at the same place in the same hour. So let's say, you know, I climb. There's a good climb over there. Just take 30, 30 minutes. Just climb, 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 climb. Yeah. I can, so I have to let an hour go pass before I can actually go back there. Oh, interesting. Right. So you need some strategy. So I'm doing some, well, it's going to be fun. That's in April, May, June. June, I have a 100 miler uh, back in Quebec. Uh, yep. And then I'm working on bigger project because, you know, I've, I've been racing a lot. I like racing, but I also like I'm a, how can I do... How can I make the world a better place with what I'm doing? So I want to start a series of uh, running expedition. Will be called Run With A Purpose. And so I will design like an entrance challenge where it will actually have an impact, let's say, on a humanitarian level or environmental level. So I'm searching right now, I'm looking at one project maybe pot, uh, possible one in Africa where you know there's this uh, group they're drilling water uh, water wells wells thank yeah. you and so how about you know I link up those villages so who knows it's a 200k <laughs> course and of course you got to be self-supported and get the water those villagers got to walk five hours every day to get so at the same time, it will bring awareness to that. I uh, will document that. So I'm working on something like that. Nothing is in the is in the concrete yet, but it's a lot of logistic actually. Yeah, no, absolutely. That sounds sounds really cool, and um, totally agree. The sometimes the logistics of that stuff is almost harder than the actual event. So like when I so I did OCR America in 2016, where I basically multi-lapped permanent OCR venues across the U.S., starting in Vermont and ending in Oklahoma City. So I did seven days, seven different venues, and the logistical challenge of going to, like, coordinating all that information and getting your hotels and travel and, like, figuring out how far you're going to have to drive each night was more work than actually just, like, running the course. And the problem with that was every time I had, like, a conflict or something with one of the venues and they were like, all right, you know, we really would like for you to come on this day because that's when our normal group night is. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll switch around. And it causes a ripple in both directions. And as, now I have to call every, I have to call the first three venues and tell them to, you know, adjust things for the... So, yeah, totally understand where you're coming from for that. And uh, love seeing that, you know, using your endurance uh, to bring awareness to something else. I think, that's, I think that's super great. You know, a lot of times we race... You know, sometimes we say we don't race for ourselves, but at the end of the day, I think there's a large 
selfish portion of like specifically like I go out and run on a daily basis and I'm not spending time with my wife or daughter, right? Like fact, you can, you know, we, we can say, we can say why we're doing it or whatever, but like at the end of the day, I'm physically not home because I'm running. Um, so I think sometimes linking that to a higher purpose, not only creates a better reason and kind of more value, but also makes you push a little bit harder where I know if I'm, I'm running for someone else, I can maybe dig a little bit deeper rather than just like, oh, wouldn't it feel good to finish in place X? Yeah, regarding that, I got to do uh, cool stuff too, to um, use my ability. Uh, it was with uh, Adventure Science. It's a group, again, a nonprofit, um, and they do different projects. It's a bunch of scientists mixed with endurance athletes. So the, 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 found, the founder is Simon Donato. He's kind of known, he's an endurance athlete. He's got the show, TV show Boundless. Um, <clears throat> and so I ended up on project, all right, we're in the Sierra Nevada in California. We need to retrieve like lost airplanes, pieces that you can't go by tank, you can't go by airplane, so you gotta go on foot. So, mm. okay, we need a team to do that. So that's pretty cool. So, you know, you, okay, Helen, you, they know like I like just running long distance and it is just a lot of logistic as well. So we have all the communication gear. Yeah. And then at some point, all right, we need to set up base camp on the other side of this, these mountains. Now, is there still too much snow to pass? So, Helen, do you want to go check up? Sure. So, you know, half marathon, <laughs> half marathon climb, uh, running up there with, you know, elevation gain. And, okay, this is the snow. You know, I'm just gathering information, bring it back down. Okay, yes, we can pass. Or no, we cannot pass. We're going to wait. So, this is really cool. Adventure science. If you Just check out the, the different project they, they have been doing. And there's more. They just did one in the Arctic. Um, so I really like the idea of it. That's kind of my, my direction as well, like as I was uh, sharing, doing these expedition and help at the same time. Awesome. Good stuff there. Now, like I said at the earlier on the podcast, we're recording at Otherworld OCR in Frederick, Maryland, which is the only OCR gym that I know of even in the area. And if it, if it isn't, this is the best one by far because what I'm staring at right now is I know a lot of people are going to get excited. If you're wondering where the other two Battlefrog Platinum rings are, they're in Otherworld OCR in Frederick, Maryland. So I'm staring at a double-wide Platinum rig, which I was playing on last night as part of their Reindeer Games event. But you got to come, you know, if you're driving through Maryland or you're coming to a race like Savage Maryland or whatever, you got to stop by Otherworld OCR because the gym is just phenomenal. So first, I guess, let's like take us through a little bit more information about the gym in general. Yeah, sure. So, uh, well, this this jewel is um, is Tim Guinan, uh, well known in the OCR community, and so he acquired that that uh, green <laughs> jewel, <laughs> the the platinum rig. What is it? Five bay by four. So we actually have the biggest platinum rig indoor in the whole United States right now. So, so many possibilities going back and forth around, change the grips, name it, we can make it. And it, it's the actual battle frog yeah. ring. So like, personally, I feel like there's a lot of like memories, some, some really good, some really bad <laughs> tied to it. So it's like looking at a piece of OCR history in our very brief, uh, you know, OCR run here. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of emotion going through that, yeah. that rig. And so, yeah, it's 9,000 square feet. We got... We like to have like a different signature obstacles of the race, different races. So, you know, Rolling Thunder from um, 
Bone Frog. We got the Stairway to Heaven from Conquer the Gauntlet. Uh, Indian uh, Mud Run, the, Indi uh, or Skull Valley. Yeah, Skull Valley up there. So we have already a big obstacles like that. Um, I mean, we're kind of unique in that sense. You don't find an obstacle course racing oriented gym. So it's very specialized, you know, the coaching is, it's all about that. So we have different classes. Sometimes you want to work obstacle technique. Sometimes you want to work the, the running. This is me, by the way, <laughs> who's going to coach the running, of course. Um, uh, a functional OCR. Uh, name it some weightlifting. Of course, Tim and I are both coach uh, for sure. So um, he's coming from a bodybuilding background as well. I'm coming from a CrossFit. Uh, I'm a le CrossFit level two. So I like the, the variety of what CrossFit can bring into weightlifting. So no, I mean, funny enough, sometimes I come in like, this is a nice gym. I'm like, well, hell yeah. Like I'm I actually live here. <laughs> That's my second house, actually. So what I really like about this gym is if I had unlimited money and was going to design my own gym, it would pretty much look exactly like this place. So not only do we have Monkey Bars, the Weaver, the Destroyer, look right in front of me. We have Rolling Thunder from Bonefrog. We have a wall where you can actually add boards so you can make it anywhere from like four to nine feet tall. There's an indoor hill with a bunch of wreck bags. There's a hoist. There's a rope climb. I'm looking at two sleds that are about five feet from me. Stairway to Heaven, Skull Valley in the back, uh, Traverse Rope. But here's where I get really excited. There's also like a full weight room in the back corner there. So you don't actually need to go buy a membership to another gym and then use this for OCR-specific training. You can just get a membership here, and that's kind of solves that problem. And then on top of that, there are four Woodway treadmills. Four? Yeah, four Woodway treadmills over there, which if you know anything about treadmills, they're super nice. Yeah, those are the treadmills that are activated by you. So better, more more accurate. Uh, but yeah, that was always my challenge before here to find a gym. Well, you go to your gym, you lift weight, or but you're so limited with the aspect of training for the the obstacle. And sometimes you would find a facility that are have obstacle or ninja place but still okay you just play in there whereas here okay we can go specific and train some you know any 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 technique strength engine speed whatever you're required wherever you are in your journey into OCR we're gonna accompany you <laughs> yeah and it's it's got a great location too like the actual gym is kind of like in a business park would you call it yeah so the like the actual the actual other businesses around here a lot of them are like office type stuff, but there's there's not a lot of traffic here, so you can actually go run outside the building or like do a lap or you know incorporate that into your workout. But at the same time, you know we're two miles from like a major shopping center area, so you know if you want to go grab lunch or whatever, it's literally right down the road. So huge fan of this place. Luckily, my relatives live nearby, so I'm gonna come up here every time I come visit them lucky us to, <laughs> to, uh, to have you visiting. It's so fun when you're coming. Yeah. So last night, I happened to be in town for the Reindeer Games. Um, so we're recording this right before Christmas. And it was pretty cool. They had a one of the guys from like one of those escape rooms come. And they set up a little course here. And we broke into teams. So tell us a little about the Reindeer Games. And then kind of go into what other fun events you guys have planned. Because I know you, it's not just like normal weight training and uh, obstacle training there's actual fun 
things going on. Yeah, so, well, last night the Rainy Games was pretty uh, unique. So, yeah, we partnered up with an escape room uh, in Frederick, Maryland, uh, Sherlock Inn. We're, we're both, so him and I, Chris, is a funny guy. It's like, we're both crazy minds. So, let's design something. Can we do challenges that are, you know, involving obstacles and also mind uh, puzzle? Yeah, he was really good, like... He was announcer at OCR. He was better than most announcers I've seen at OCRs, right? <laughs> he was really clever with like the puns and the oh yeah, the just like him t calling out the you know the podium or he's winners. a natural. He's yeah, a natural. Very good, so very good. The whole event was um, all the proceeds would go uh, went for a charity. So that was really to have fun, and we're happy to that events you showed up for that. That was really cool for that. But beside. Uh, so beside you know everyday classes and membership and open gym, yes we do some um, uh, competition. Um, so just check out our calendar. Uh, you know OCR indoor outdoor OCR competition. We really want to start a trend to be a place a reference for that. So and we like to hear what people would want to see. You know what do you want to compete? Because also because we have the races but you cannot race every weekend necessarily and so we came up with the idea to start league play check this out it's it's coming up so we're building it uh again depending what people want do you want mixed league female male but a league play whereas you know in teams of two every saturday uh you show up and let's say short course through the rig or you know three obstacle bam 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 and your time and just like in the league you uh, you ended up ranking so every Saturday or every Tuesday night who knows so at least you get to compete get that fun excitement from racing but every week because you know you cannot race every week yeah so we're starting that uh, hit us up if it's something that you're interested in too of course if not if you're uh, on the other side of the country <laughs> but if you're more or less in the area um, the more uh, interest so we can pl better plan how long is going to be the league which day and what do you guys want you know some people oh are we going to go outside inside oh we have some tire flips as well big tires outside yeah cool sounds like there's a lot of good stuff going on here the reindeer games last night was a ton of fun it was like maybe 10 different stations I'd say about three of them, maybe four, were like puzzles, so something you'd find straight out of the Sherlock Inn uh, type thing, and then the, the other six or seven were like OCR themes, so it was like how many times can you cross the Weaver in six minutes as a team, and then there was like bonus points if you could, um, you want to explain the bonus yeah. points? <laughs> yeah, uh, if you could carry a uh, EXO protein bar, so EXO it's a protein bar made out of cricket flour, I love those. It's, it's been good. a while. <laughs> like, I know some people are like, ugh, crickets. Yeah. Like, one, there's not like chunks of crickets in no, there. Although I think that would be cooler. <laughs> I would probably buy more of them. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's like ground. So Yeah, it's flour, like cricket flowers, yeah. since you can have wheat flour, so you don't taste it. And um, so, yeah, I got, to, uh, I got to have them. And so anybody who can carry a bar under his chin throughout the obstacle without losing it uh get extra points i was i was uh, amazed because i didn't test all of these i just threw that through that at the end um before the event yeah okay so i, I didn't test that in the weaver i'm like is it even doable <laughs> it was so awkward to have your t your chin tuck while doing the weaver but the guy were killing it 
Yeah, so the Weaver wasn't too bad. The Monkey Bars weren't too bad because they didn't take that long. Um, the Rope Traverse wasn't too bad because the Rope Traverse is the easiest one because yeah. it's like sitting on your chest. The rig was super awkward. <laughs> so like trying to cross the Battle Frog rig like with my chin stuck to my te- my chest was um, it was awkward. And then again because because your chin stuck to your chest, you're like staring at the ground, so you're having to use like your peripheral vision on the hold. So I'm kind of like reaching blind. I made it all the way to the end once and like swung at the bell and I touched the outside of the bell but I didn't like ring it. Uh, so I counted it as a, a good one. But like I mean I was I mean, we're talking like a millimeter away from completely missing the bell and just falling. Oh yeah, the rig for sure because monkey bars are just the same thing. So yeah. even if you're looking at the ground you just keep repeating the same movement. But the rig, well what's the <laughs> what's the setup in there? So you go from ring to monkey bars to uh you know knock chuck and we had something funky at the end yeah it was pretty cool you know a lot of the it wasn't just who's the strongest or who's the fastest or um you know the puzzles played into it to score for your overall points and then some of the events you got like multipliers based off of how many of your team did it so you know if you're even if you're whole if your whole team got halfway you got like a bunch of bonus points which is kind of cool to see so it's not just you know who who are the best athletes on their team. So. No, because one thing is that, so uh, each iteration was six minutes. So as many, you know, you, you do as, you get as many points as a team in six minutes. So you can just burn yourself <laughs> on the first two uh, obstacles and then you'll smoke for the rest. I remember the, uh, the sled push, pull push. I think people were, were charging hard on this one. And I then was, <laughs> I, I, I was hurting on that one. Yeah, after so two, three guy. minutes, I'm like, man, I'm smoked. <laughs> I finished one of the sled the sled drags back and I was like, "Woo, better take a breather for a couple seconds. I'm getting a little lightheaded." Um, cuz we're I just started kind of ramping up my run training again. Actually yesterday morning I ran 8 miles before that morning and then uh oh. so when I showed up like I don't know. <laughs> I was still more tired than I usually was. And then when I woke up this morning after the event, I was just I was pr- my back and forearms are sore and my hands are all you know sensitive the other good thing to um that you can you can see this as a training is that doing the same obstacle over and over and over for six minutes you can see where are your flaws where like maybe maybe i need to improve that technique because you get let's say tired or you just get rope burn every time so okay i need to improve something so that was actually a good way to see uh which obstacle you know you you're at your best or you actually need to work yeah, 100% agree. You're creating, when you're doing the same obstacle over and over again, you're creating that neurological beaten path in your system that's going to make you more efficient, especially for, well, one, for short course, and then two, for ultra OCR, right? Um, it's simulating that exhaustion you face when you're like, all right, I have to do the Weaver again for the you know, 15th time on this uh, you know, 24-hour race or something like that. So definitely, definitely good for improving that performance. Yep. Sweet. Awesome. Well, it's been great having you on. We're going to start wrapping it up here because I got uh, my wife's texting me asking me why I'm not going over to my in-law's house. So <laughs> so we're going to call it. Before we go, uh, any sponsors, family, friends you want to thank? Well, of course, big shout out to Platinum Rig. They've been with me as an athlete since I started. So uh, we're, well, I mean, we're friends and I'm so happy to have the rig here. I have my own mini rig, uh, custom made. It's sleeping somewhere. <laughs> I need to bring it to the gym. 
but platinum ring for sure exo uh, exo bars uh, check them out protein bars are really healthy and actually uh, good for the environment as well and uh, man I have s I have actually a few exact nutrition strong bar nutrition stoked out I eat a lot in those entrance uh, <laughs> event that's why I have a lot of food <laughs> I need it um, yeah and big shout out maybe to all the OCR community in Quebec salut la gang awesome well Thanks again for coming on. Um, sure, I got some Mudrun Guide articles coming out, so head over and check that out. Uh, and if you want to see hear more about Yoked, uh, there's a article on Mudrun Guide coming out for them too, kind of a review of their product. So check them out. That's about it. We will uh, see you more in 2019 with more content. And thanks. Helene and uh, Tim for having me at o Otherworld OCR. Again, you need to come check this place out if you're ever passing through the area, or definitely if you live locally. Yeah. Definitely get a membership. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know what you're doing with your yeah. time if you don't have a membership to this place. So, thanks again. Thanks.